Welcome to episode 350 of the show. So today we're going to wrap up the conversation that I started yesterday before my wife got back into the car and we had to Zoom because we had some personal issues that we had to deal with. Or when I say we had to Zoom, I mean we had to drive off, not that we had to use the website uh, Zoom or the app Zoom for video conferencing or whatever. Okay, so if I remember correctly, I think I was in the middle of saying that um, if you want to build relationships, then using email has some downsides because it is asynchronous and also because it has that psychological association with being official and being um, formal. And so that's the reason why it's not a good idea to build relationships that way. Now, why do I keep harping on things like this? It's because in the wedding space, I keep running across um, people who want to build relationships and who keep falling to email by default. I'm not sure if it's a carryover of something that a lot of us experienced in um, primary school, uh, primary school over here in Nigeria. Um, you know, this whole idea that if you're going to foster a business relationship, then it has to be formal because as part of our curriculum in primary school, um, we used to be taught how to write um, letters properly and stuff like that. And so perhaps there's this psychological carryover when it comes to business that if you're going to foster the relationship or initiate something, then it has to be through email. Now, one example of that or something that I'm currently going through at the moment is um, I'm doing business with uh, someone else, another service provider. I won't say who or what the service is. And I made a referral to someone else. And then this um, service provider, let's say A, who I made a referral um, to, um, reached out to B. So I was trying to broker a connection between A and B. And I figured that A would just simply pick up the phone and then call B and then get the conversation rolling. But rather, A sent an email to B, um, a rather... And let's just say A sent an email to B to get the conversation rolling. And I don't think it was the most um, efficient way to get things rolling. And just like you would expect, um, A sent the email to B. And of course, B didn't reply immediately. It was a few days. And just like I said in a previous recording, you'll find that if you're going to use email um, emails to build a relationship or to initiate um, anything, then you'll find that you send the email on Monday, the person doesn't reply until two days later, you don't reply until three days later, and then basically something that could have been sorted out in a three to five minute conversation ends up taking maybe two weeks to get off the ground. And that is the primary uh, problem of trying to build relationships or to initiate uh, something over email. Now, in this case, especially where somebody's making a referral, if somebody says, hey, Kemi, why don't you call Kunle? It looks like you guys would be good for each other. You should be able to do some business together. Now, what you should be doing, assuming you're Kemi, is actually pick up the phone and then call uh, Kunle and say, hey, Kunle, um, okay, no, let's do it the other way. Okay, pick up the phone, ring, ring, uh, hello, am I speaking to Kunle? Yeah, sure, this is Kunle, how can I help? I got your number from Tavishima. Tavishima said one, two, three, four, five, six, and that because of that, uh, it might be a good idea for us to chat that we could end up doing some business together on four, five, six. Now, that's a very good way of starting off the conversation because you're now directly in contact with this other person because you've picked up the phone or maybe you've gone to this person's um, office 
you're going to be able to get um it's going to be fluid live and in the moment you're going to be able to get immediate feedback and then you're also going to be able to leverage on that personal um connection that personal recommendation which in this case is me tavishima hooking up kemi and kunle so that they can do um, business together so in my own opinion and it's something that I've spoken about a lot on the podcast, that would be the best way to go about it, initiating relationships, developing um, relationships, or trying to push um, whatever your agenda is. Now, I know that there are some people who are dreadfully scared of picking up the phone or driving over to somebody's office or to someone's home uh, when you don't know that person, either to foster a relationship or to try and uh, get some uh, business thing off the ground. So, assuming that you're one of these people who must use one of the more um, modern methods, one of the more technologically available methods, if you can put it that way. So, assuming that you want to do um, text, then in my own opinion, I would say that um, if you must use the uh, modern stuff, then I think email has the biggest drawback. So you're better off sticking with um, SMS, social media, uh, stuff like that. You know, social media, Instagram, Twitter, WhatsApp, uh, what else? LinkedIn. Those would be much more effective ways of building the relationship because, number one, they are not asynchronous. Even if you want to argue that they are asynchronous just like email, they don't carry that psychological weight of being um, formal or stuffy and so it will be a lot easier for the conversation to flow that way if you were to hit somebody up on uh twitter dm um linkedin or uh what's the other one instagram or whatsapp or whatever it'll be a lot better to hit that person up and saying um hey i got your number from tavishima uh tavishima said it'd be a good idea to reach out to you because of one two three four five six uh that we should be able to work We'll be able to now. You know, we would work good together on um, X, Y, Z, and so that's the reason why I'm reaching out. Is that something you find interesting? So it will be a lot easier for organizations. Sorry, not organizations. What's the word? Conversations. Yes, for conversations to flow organically. If you're using these other outlets, assuming that you say you must um, text, and so that's the um, reason why. I advocate time and time again that the top of the pinnacle is face-to-face and in-person, but um, it doesn't exclusively have to be so. If you want to take advantage of modern technology and you want to use text-based media, then um, that is also the hierarchy with email at the bottom. So, I hope that was the main thrust of which I was taking the conversation yesterday during the um, podcast before I got interrupted. I'll go back and listen to the other episode and if I veered off what the main thrust was then I'll make another um, episode to um, to correct that. And then, okay, yeah, we've gone seven minutes for today's recording but there's also something that I wanted us to address uh, today and that is, um, yeah, funding. Funding for businesses. Now, the reason why this is important is because there are lots of people who assume that if you're going to bootstrap, then you have to engage in sales. Now, I got into this uh, business, the wedding and the event space, by bootstrapping. So I had some change. I was able to raise some money. Um, You know, I stole some money from my mom. Well, stealing in a loose sense. 
you know, to get my uh, samples made, stuff like that. So that's the whole idea behind um, bootstrapping. So using um, your own money, uh, your savings, um, however you come in contact with that money, but basically it's money that do, uh, does not have any conditions attached to it. And so that's what I used to create my samples and then um, started going off to meet people uh, in the offices or in their homes, get introductions so I could uh, speak to people to promote myself as a wedding photographer. And that's how I started, by bootstrapping. Now, some people see that obviously if you're going to get involved in business as a bootstrapper, then from day one, your priority has to be sales. You have to be able to sell. And some people do not like selling, and they see what happens in the tech space. Um, used to be an American thing or a UK thing, but happens here in Nigeria as well, where you have this idea for a business, and so you go talk to investors, and then you raise hundreds of thousands and now millions of um, naira to get your business idea off the ground. So the idea is that if you don't like sales, then you go the um, equity route. You take money from investors and give up a share of your uh, company and future proceeds and then that way you do not have to sell now that's a mistake or rather that's a wrong way of looking at it because I like to argue that whatever option you take you are going to be involved in selling something the difference is just that for bootstrappers like me when we started we knew that we had to sell to a potential customer but the thing is if you take that um, equity route you want to uh, you want to secure investors you are making a sale it's just that you are making the sale now to the potential investor or to the venture capitalist or you know whoever it doesn't have to be something that grand you could be taking money from your uncle and his friends but it's still the same option a you're selling to potential customers option b you're selling to potential investors. With either option, what they have in common is that you are still selling something. So even if you take the other option, you still need to be able to have good sales conversation skills and the framework to be able to figure out um, what do potential investors uh, want, what do they think they are uh, buying, are you guys going to work well together, what are good, the terms of the business going to be, can both of you live up to them, and those sorts of things. Now, with all these uh, misunderstandings about the nature of selling and whether it's important, whether you bootstrap or whether you take funding from outside, that leads to um, quarrels in the future. Because I've spoken about on the podcast, um, a friend of mine who used to be a wedding photographer, he's no longer in the wedding photography space, who came into the business um, a different way. So I bootstrapped, but he decided to take money from investors. So... Um, and of course, uh, they got all the millions of naira. They got the space. They got the equipment. He got the staff. He got everything. And um, eventually, he wasn't able to, what will I say, execute on his business idea, if you could put it that way. Because even after you've taken this money, it still doesn't change the fact that you still have to now look for potential customers anyway. So... Um, wasn't able to execute and then uh, things got to a head the investors pulled their money out things got really ugly he had to sell all the equipment including his own personal cameras that he had before uh, coming into the business just to avoid any embarrassment to avoid any biggie so um, that's just an example that shows how it doesn't matter which option you take you still have to learn how to sell now, the thing is, for people like that friend of mine, 
and you if you are considering taking money from investors if you realize that you're making a sale in either case then um, heading out to these meetings with your potential investors you're going to have it at the back of your mind that you need to figure out um, if there's a want if there's a need if there's a match between the wants and the needs um, let's see what else um, if there's a want and if there's a need, when people are ready to pull the trigger, the terms that are going to be attached, you know, things like that. Um, because that is essentially what we do when we're trying to handle a sales conversation. If I approach someone because I'm trying to sell uh, wedding photography services or wedding planning services, that those are the sorts of things that I'm having at the, um, at the back of my mind. Who am I talking to? Is this the bride or the groom? Or are they talking on behalf of the bride and the groom? And in that case, what's the relationship? Can I take this person seriously? Will they be able to make a commitment on the bride's um, behalf? When is the wedding? What are the expectations concerning uh, delivery, uh, concerning uh, decor style or concerning wedding photography style or whatever? Do I have the skill set? Do I have the inventory uh, to match that? Is that something I'm going to be able to deliver on? And is there a meeting point um, when it comes to money expectations. And so it's the same. If you're heading to this meeting with potential investors, you also need to have that at the back of your mind. Who am I speaking to? Is this a potential investor? Is this someone who is speaking on behalf of a potential investor? Will he or she be able to pull the trigger? And on what terms? How much money are they dropping? What kind of returns are they looking for? What is the time frame from which they expect um, monies to be paid back or interest to be paid? Is that something I can deliver? You know, those sorts of conversations. So whatever um, option you decide to take, whether you bootstrap or you decide to take money from um, investors or your uncle, if your uncle or your aunt is not a professional investor, I mean, it's still pretty much the same thing. The, the same dynamics apply. Your uncle or your aunt is expecting something, you know, some huge profits in the future, or some interest or a share in your company, you have to be able to go into that conversation with a sales mindset and to be able to figure out some things which are key. But you're not going to know what those key things are, except if you've done some research ahead of time to try and figure out what is my sales philosophy, what kind of sales uh, framework should I have, and what are the important things that I should be looking to in a conversation. So um, uh, that's... Yeah, so that's the second and the final thing that I wanted us to look at today. So if you're a youngin, if you're a newbie and you're about to get into the industry, please do not assume like most people do that, oh, I don't like sales, therefore let me take investors. If you take investors, you still have to sell. The problem is just that, number one, you're going to have to sell to potential investors. And if you do a crap job of selling to them, then you're going to run into problems in the future. And then number two, after selling to these potential investors, you still have to find out ways of looking for customers anyway. I guess you might say that, well, the burden is not going to be mine because with the money that I raise from the investors, I'm going to hire someone else to do the sales. But that in itself also is a very bad idea because, um, like I've said in times past over here on the podcast, if you want to outsource your selling and your marketing, it should only be after you have uh, undertaking some sales and marketing yourself and so you understand um, your product your service 
um, your end user, you understand that matrix um, intimately, and then you'll be able to um, tell whoever it is that you're outsourcing to. If you get a salesperson or if you get a marketing agency or whatever, or you know your friend says he's uh, good at marketing, so you decide to bring him on board and say, oh boy, uh, help, help me, let's grow this thing and this will be your share. So if you're trying to do those sorts of arrangements, you'll be able to bring the person on board and to tell the person that, okay, these are our clients. These are the people that we're targeting. This is the best way uh, to approach them. This is what these people find important and uh, blah, blah, stuff like that. Because when you're going to outsource to someone to do your sales or your marketing, these are important things that the people need to know. Who are we looking for? What's the ideal client profile? What are the things that are important to them? Um was the best way to go about uh, carrying on these um, interactions. Is there a past history? Is there a precedent that we can look to to see how uh, things may have worked in the past and then we can improve on them in the future? So, um, yeah, all these things um, are important. Whichever option you take to get into the business, you are not going to run away from the challenge of sales and selling. So if you're a newbie, you're about to get in or you've taken your first step, then please, by all means, start taking these things seriously and start doing your research and start learning how to sell because it's going to save you a lot of headache in the future, whether you're dealing with potential customers or whether you're going to be dealing with potential investors. So thank you very much for listening to episode 315 of the Sales for the Nigerian Wedding Industry podcast. I'm your host, Abuja-based event media professional and sales consultant, Tavishima Aide. Thanks for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.